We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking quarterback range of outcomes on Roto-Viz Radio. Welcome into Rotoviz Radio. I am Dave Cabin, one of the owners at Rotoviz, coming to you solo once again. Curtis is busy recording for another podcast that he's guesting on tonight. So figured we could do this one solo. And what we are going to talk about in this episode are the range of outcomes projections that I just finished running through this weekend for the quarterback position. Before we get into going through those, I want to remind everybody, and for some of you, you might not have heard us mention this yet, but we have a YouTube channel that has launched. Uh, You should be able to find the link to that on Twitter. Go to YouTube, type in Rotoviz. Colin Kelly, our executive producer of podcasts, is doing a ton of work building that channel. So we could definitely use your support Go check out some of the videos. Please subscribe, like, all of that good stuff. Before we get into the range of outcomes projections, though, I do have an FFPC stat attack that I would like to present you with. So as I was looking at some of the quarterback projections, a uh, player in question that I looked at started thinking a little bit more about was Mr. Tom Brady playing in his mid 40s will be back in Tampa Bay reunited with some of his top targets from last year. And an interesting thing that I, I discovered was of all players that had 80 or more targets last year, and I'm pretty sure I could bump this up to 100 and it would hold. Well, yeah, it's definitely going to hold. Mike Evans was the most efficient in terms of scoring touchdowns to the number of targets he had. He actually went um, eight targets per touchdown. So every eight targets, he was scoring a touchdown. The two closest players behind him, Jamar Chase and Adam Thielen, actually were both at 10. But Mike Evans leading the way in 2021. If we look at that same metric in... Uh, 2020, we are going to see that Mike Evans was at eight, Adam Thielen at eight, and Devontae Adams at eight. And then if you go back and you look at 20, 
19 and you look at targets per touchdown uh mike evans was not in the running there but since having brady around evans has been extremely efficient at scoring touchdowns as we always say the ffpc is the best place to play dynasty anywhere the leagues don't fold i love the competition that you have there i love the interface they have best ball tournaments up and running um all kinds of contests starting to go um and action is really picking up there so definitely go check out my ffpc.com okay we are now ready i would say to get into some of these quarterback ranges of outcomes why i hit the it's time to panic sound effect no one will ever really know uh nonetheless though i want to start by talking about and, and let me take a step back because i know we have some new listeners that might not have heard about our range of outcomes projections before but essentially what i am doing when i'm building these is I am including absolutely zero subjectivity into the process of building these projections. I feed the computer um, information of quarterback stats from the last 10 years. I go through a process of finding out the stats that tend to carry from year to year and tend to impact scoring. Works out to be the common stuff you would expect like yards, like attempts, like passing touchdowns, rushing attempts, uh, rushing touchdowns, fantasy points also factors in there. Um, it's looking at um, those factors. It's a lot like the GLSP projections. And then what the computer is doing is it's looking at how a player did in his most previous season. And then for veterans, the season before that, waiting the most recent season a little bit more important it's also looking at that player's experience level, how long they've been in the league. It's then going out and finding quarterbacks from past seasons that put together similar seasons to the player that just play the, you know, the player that we're searching for. And then looking at how those players did the season following the match. And what that's allowing us to do is take somebody, for example, like Kyler Murray. And the tool is going to look at how Kyler Murray did in 2021 and 2020 and find quarterbacks that had similar points in their career produced the way that Kyler Murray did um, in 20 uh, in 2021, for example. So a matching player could be somebody like Deshaun Watson in 2018 was at a similar point in his career uh, or Deshaun Watson Another match would be Deshaun Watson in 2019. Three years experience at that point. Stats that looked fairly similar. Then the tool is going to look at how he did in 2021. And it's going to do this for the 50 closest matches. It's going to then allow us to get an average stat line to look at how those players performed in the coming season and start to build out an idea of what Kyler Murray's regional, uh, excuse me, not regional, reasonable range of outcomes could look like in the coming year. So when you go into this tool, you can look at um, just low average high results for different players at the position um, that you can kind of drill in on each player individually. So I will share that once again, and it was the same for him last season, Kyler Murray actually projects the most favorably uh, now, some of this is because the app does recognize that the rushing upside is really important. Uh, if you remember 
Kyler Murray had some ridiculous rushing stats back um, two years ago. Obviously, he had a solid year, solid year last year, and that's why it likes him. Uh, but I wanted to do now was talk through some players that perhaps their projections could kind of come as a surprise. And one of the first players that I noticed that's very far off of where I think most people would expect them to be, despite the fact that they didn't have that great of a year last year, that they're older at this point and they're not the player they once were. It's still Matt Ryan. So his projection actually puts him into the range of around QB 35. And I want to take a couple of minutes here to think about if that makes sense in the context of what we know about him now. Uh, Now this stat line that he produces gives him about 33 attempts per game for 238 pass yards, just 1.5 passing touchdowns, very minimal rushing production, giving him an average of 18.5 fantasy points per game with the median of his matches putting up around 19, the low being at 14.2 and the high being at 22.1. And when I say the low and the high, what I'm doing there is I am taking the 25th and the 75th percentile to try to give us a more reasonable type of range. So we see him now heading into an Indianapolis offense that last season ranked 26th in passing yards per game Uh, in terms of touchdowns came in towards the middle of the pack actually with 27 and from a scoring perspective was ninth in terms of points per game. We know that there's a lot of work, uh, a lot of things that can be achieved via the work in the running game with Jonathan Taylor. We know that there is a back there, Naheem Hines, who can also be used in the passing game. You're going to have a guy like Michael Pittman there now, for Ryan to pass to a young upstart player. There's also going to be Alec Pierce. So there are some pieces that we can work with. I think many people would agree that overall, this is a better team that he's going to be playing for than the one that he was on last year. Uh, if we look at the depth chart at tight end, you're going to have Mo Ali Cox, other wide receivers, Paris Campbell, um, but like Desmond Patton, Ashton Doolin, Kiki Kute. I mean, overall, though, this isn't a really stacked team. And we have seen Ryan take a step backward from a production standpoint for many of the different things that you could look at. Um, do I think, though, that this range of outcomes for Ryan feels too low? I do. Um, But I don't think that we're going to see him have a major rebound. So I think the signal that we're getting here, that's just further this confirmation that Matt Ryan, I don't think this is anything new here, um, isn't a particularly exciting player moving forward. I think I agree with, and this to me is just a way of bringing up the caution that if for whatever reason, somebody starts trying to sell you on the idea that there could be some type of resurgence for Matt Ryan, 
That does not seem to be on the horizon. I also start off with this example of Matt Ryan, uh, because for those of you that aren't familiar with the range of outcomes process, one thing you likely would have pointed out right off of the bat was, well, those are stats when he was in Atlanta. He's in a completely different situation this year. And yeah, that's 100% right. These are the type of things that a completely objective projection isn't going to account for. So in your own mind, if you were looking at these, you would have to start to make some of those adjustments yourself. Uh, but again, in my mind, I don't look at the situation he's going into and think that things are going to be radically different. So that's not one of the most exciting quarterbacks to look at. Uh, a name that I think is a little bit more intriguing and fun to look at now as we look towards the top of the board is Joe Burrow, who is actually coming in at QB six. His stat line is 30 or his average projected stat line based upon those, those matches in the subsequent season has him at 35 passes per game, 262 yards, 1.8 passing touchdowns, um, fantasy points per game, an average of 20.6 a high of 24.3 and a low of 18, uh, which is, you know, not too shabby at all. Now let's look at what some of those players that he matched to um, looked like. So you have 2018 Jared Goff, 2012 Matt Ryan, who was in his fifth year, 2019 Patrick Mahomes, who was in his third year, 2015 Blake Bortles, 2013 Andy Dalton, 2018 Matt Ryan, 2016 Kirk Cousins, 2018 Kirk Cousins, 2016 Jameis Winston, 2015 Matthew Stafford. Uh, now, an important thing to keep in mind here that's a little bit different um, at the quarterback position is it's easy for you to get a lot of names that might not seem exciting uh, because there was a stretch where Blake Bortles was actually putting up like 23.1 points per game and was actually scoring as a pretty solid quarterback from a fantasy perspective. So sometimes when you're looking at the names, that doesn't get particularly exciting. Now, one thing that you're going to see is if you go in and you look at the year-over-year change graph, it's very hard for players that were solid in year N, being in this case the prior year, to have much movement or really or have most of their matches outperform how they did in year end. Burrow actually does decent in this measure. And uh, I mean, I think that we've been excited about Joe Burrow seeing a projection like this that puts him up there in the top of the league um, with a historical distribution score, something that I've not talked about yet, of 182, which is on level with Mahomes, just one behind Josh Allen is really impressive. So a historical distribution score comes from a formula that I put together that looks at the distribution of point totals or average point totals from a player's matches gives more weight to um, matches that had upside being a high value point totals um, and then is weighted in a way that it's going to really um, penalize a player if he has a lot of matches that really failed to put up significant points. So it's kind of on the sliding scale. Uh, and then HDS is just a way to take the full range of a player's distribution and put it into a number so that you don't have to visualize it. So where we're going with this is it looks like Joe Burrow at the very least should stay um, in that top range of 
fantasy quarterbacks, if not flirt with being in that absolute elite level. So I was really excited to see Joe Burrow finish where he did. Um, if we continue along, there's a couple other names that I'll point out. Obviously on the site, you're going to be able to see them all um, when these results publish in a couple of weeks. Not sure if you can hear Henry the cat hitting the mic, but. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I should point it out because we talk about Jalen Hurts a lot. The range of outcomes tool, it does not love Jalen Hurts heading into next year. Uh, Puts his average stat line at 31 passes per game, 228 yards, 1.5 passing touchdowns per game, which is five attempts, 27 yards, and 0.23 rushing touchdowns for an average of 20.2 fantasy points per game. A high, so he does have some upside of 25 um, a median at 20.4 and a low of 16.9. Now those numbers mean more when you're in the tool and you can look at how the ranges that other quarterbacks have for those measures. Um, the type of players that he matches with, cause you're, you might be curious. You have a 2020 cam Newton, 2014, Russell Wilson, 2019, Josh Allen, a couple more cams, a Robert Griffin year, a Tyrod Taylor. Shouldn't be a surprise. And this is because of the rushing, now, I will say that for players that are going to put up a ton of rushing production, it's hard for the tool to nail that correctly um, or to get those insane rushing totals. And that's because there aren't a lot of players that it can match with that have tremendous amount of rushing totals when you also have it. You have to have the tool look at the passing stuff because that is important. Um. We'll talk more about some of this range of outcome stuff too. And then Curtis might be able to like uh, help me focus on the pieces of information that are going to make this more useful that I'm leaving out that if you haven't been looking at this every, every spring um, you know, there's pieces you might take for granted anyway. So I was kind of disappointed to see that. And I, I do think that it makes sense if you're looking at things objectively that Jalen hurts 
isn't necessarily going to project as strongly uh, as Curtis and I might believe that he could. When you look at the numbers from 2021, he played 15 games, averaged 31 attempts, uh, 210 passing yards, 1.1 passing touchdown, nine rushing attempts with 0.7 rushing touchdowns for 22.8 fantasy points per game. So you kind of see um, something happening here where it is actually projecting him to improve as a passer a little bit in terms of passing touchdowns and yards is not giving him quite the props, if you will, uh, as a rusher that perhaps it should be. And I think that's the other piece, like I said, that's hard when you're building one type of model for a position like quarterback where there's many different ways. Uh, Let me take that back where there's often two distinct ways that players can contribute. They can do it with their arm and they can do it with their legs. But since more players do it with their arm, the model, if you are making one type of blanket model, which this is, is going to weight more towards the passing element. I think that it's pretty safe to say that Jalen Hurts should outperform what is actually being spit out as a projection for his rushing, which is why Curtis and I still really like Jalen Hurts and expect him to outplay this projection that puts him in that quarterback 14 to maybe quarterback 17 range uh, and, and why I would still like him. But I do think it's worthwhile to bring up because it points out that it's possible we on this podcast are a little too high on somebody like Jalen Hurts or Jalen Hurts in specific this season. So felt compelled to show the other side of the coin now. And with some of that in mind, it shouldn't be a surprise that Lamar Jackson is scoring lower than he should. He's actually outside of the top 10. Uh, But a name that I do want to call attention to here is Kirk Cousins coming in at QB 10 Average stat line, 35 attempts, 254 passing yards, 1.7 touchdowns, minimal rushing production, but an average of 19.9 fantasy points, a high of 24.3, a median of 20.3, a low of 16.8, and an HDS historical distribution score of 175, which is, um, let me see here. Sorry, I just clicked into the wrong tab in my sheet here. Um, Kirk Cousins, one behind Tom Brady at 176 and one behind Aaron Rodgers at 177. Kirk Cousins always looks to be like a player that projects in that range as the back end of a QB1. The ADP isn't always there, uh, but I would argue that it should be his type of quarterback you can trot out on a week-to-week basis. And I'm actually going to go onto the site now and live here pull up um, his ADP in the FFPC exposures and ADP best ball tool and see where Kirk Cousins is currently going. My inclination is that we're probably going to see him going later than he should. So just bear with me here a moment. Yeah, and we do. So we see Kirk Cousins going behind um, guys like Derek Carr and Trey Lance with a positional ADP of 16. So I th- I would say that he's a name that you should be looking out um, 
out for right now in drafts, matching players for Cousins, 2016 Cousins, 2015 Stafford, 2013 Roethlisberger, 2019 and 2012 Matt Ryan, 2016 Matthew Stafford. Um, The other thing that I'll talk about too um, is when you're building models that include experience for players like, uh, or well, I shouldn't say players like, for players at the quarterback position, one thing that you're going to find too is that you're going to get a lot of the same players matching season after season. And a reason for that is, is there are only so many players at the position that hit like seven, nine, 10 years of experience where they're actually still putting up stat lines. It's a position where there's really only, you know, a handful of guys that are going to be able to continue to, um, get substantial playing time to begin with and then carry it forward. So that's why with a lot of these quarterbacks, you see similar matches and you see similar names popping up over and over um, when you are looking at their matches within the tool. Now, one kind of cool result that the tool was able to put together um, was a projection for Trey Lance. That's looking at what his, that that actually builds in enough volume that we could get a sense of what he might look like as a quarterback uh, that is passing a fair amount if he were to start. So the line would put him at uh, 30 attempts per game, 221 passing yards, just 1.4 passing touchdowns, five rushing attempts, 28 yards, and 0.24 rushing touchdowns. I would say that if you're a believer in Lance, you know that that line is probably going to be fairly low, but but you might find that passing line to be somewhat encouraging. Jimmy Garoppolo, his passing stats are projected with 34 attempts, 248 yards, 1.6 passing touchdowns per game. So when you actually add in the rushing production um, for both of these players, it actually likes Trey Lance to outscore Garoppolo across the well, no, not across the board at a high projection. Uh, he's just edged out at a median comes in a little bit lower, but his high is a 25.7, um, which among quarterbacks is the third highest ceiling or the third highest high projection that the tool sees, um, or fourth because he's, well, he's tied with Lamar Jackson at three behind guys like Kyler Murray and Josh Allen. So this is a really, really interesting finding because it speaks to that upside that many are going to talk about for Lance. And I think seeing it spit out in a projection like this really gives a level of credence to that upside that people are talking about. When you look at his year-over-year change across his matches, you see a pretty radical jump, which I don't think should be a surprise when you look at the type of guys that he gets matched to, but I'm going to read off some of those names. A lot of Colin Kaepernick, Geno Smith, Russell Wilson, Marcus Mariota, Lamar Jackson, Mike Vick, Josh Allen, uh, Kyler Murray's in there. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, Jake Locker. Um, but really I think a takeaway here is that if things worked out, for Trey Lance, if we do see him start, we see him getting play time, playing time. It's really possible that you're looking at um, a player that could just be average as a passer and does really well for fantasy purposes. Uh, so to see that type of upside captured in a projection like this is pretty exciting. So I thought that was one of the cooler results. 
So overall, you see Lance projecting as a quarterback in the 20s. Uh, but the key piece here is if he actually does get that playing time, it looks to me like there is a lot of evidence supporting the idea of him being a fantasy force. Uh, so having gone through this process and looking at that, that distribution for him, I've become more interested in Trey Lance than I would have been prior. So these will be publishing on the site in the next couple of weeks, as will the other positions. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about those, um, as we work our way through the spring and summer, Curtis and I are planning on doing an underdog draft. Uh, as a reminder, you definitely need to go use that Rotoviz promo code. I forget all the details, but Curtis and I will be doing an underdog draft that we will be using to talk about different players and kind of talking about those players, working through the draft while we record our next couple of episodes that we dropping this week. I'll have him get you the information then until then, um, you know, as always appreciate everybody checking in and we will see you later in the week. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>